Hello, everyone. This is Rosie, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of my podcast called "My Intrusive Thoughts." Everyone, I hope you're having a good day. You've had a good week, and you're safe and enjoying your day wherever you are, whatever you're doing today. Right. So I'm back with another episode, and I was really sort of, you know, worried about what sort of content I was gonna put out, you know, when I started this podcast because. I have so many different interests and things that I wanted to explore, but at the same time, I have to keep in mind that I have an audience—people who are going to be investing their time into listening to me. So I don't want to be boring you guys to death with weird and random information that literally, you know, entrusted nobody. But then I realized that a lot of people、uh, love watching dramas, like I do. So. I was like, yeah, let's talk about dramas. So that's what I'm gonna be doing today. And today we're gonna be talking about one of my favorite dramas in the last、um, year and a half, and that is Huan Hun.、Uh, that translates to Alchemy of Souls, and I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys have watched it. So let's talk about it. All right, so this story is one of the most talked stories、um, of 2022, I think, because this drama literally made everybody just lose their marbles, me included. I remember when I first heard of this drama airing, and I realized that it's a Hong sister project. I was just so pumped because. If you watch their other shows, you would know that Hong sisters have a way of telling stories. Like、um, they've written stuff like、uh, Hotel de Luna, and you know Master Sun, and all of these shows. So you would know that their stories are always debak. So for them to be coming out with this sort of story, like a Sakuk fantasy romance action thing, I was very excited. Plus, I love Sakuk dramas, and I. I have literally watched almost all Sakuk dramas to ever exist, so I was particularly, you know, excited for this one. And then they had to go and cast all of my favorite people on the show, so that was just like the cherry on top, honestly. My first time、um, watching Ijeok. On screen was probably extraordinary you or www search, I guess. Yeah, that was where I saw him for the first time, and his character really stuck with me. And he has such a cute boy, but like a little bad boy at the same time sort of personality. Not in real life, obviously, but like on screen, he has he has a presence. You know, you can when you see him on screen, you probably. Will not forget it for a while, at least. So I was really excited to see him playing a lead role, and definitely he did such a great job. And、um, I've seen on Twitter and on Facebook and other socials that 
his fan following has increased so much. It's 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 really nice to see that he's getting appreciated for the work he's done. And then Jung So Min, who plays Naksu and Mudok in the first season, I've I've kind of always loved her acting. I mean, she's not really recognized um, as an actress, which is weird because she's been a part of some really great projects. Um, but yeah, it was really fun watching her on screen as well alongside E.J. Wook. And then Shin Sung Go and Hwang Win Hyun and Yuen So, they just make such a nice cast. And um, on screen, they just, you know, magic, literal magic. And then for the second season, they had to go and replace Jung So Min with Go Yoon Jung. But at first, I was like many other people, sort of disappointed because um, Lee Jae Wook and Jung So Min really did create some really nice chemistry on screen. But then I was like, oh, we gotta give them, you know, the benefit of doubt and see where this goes. And I feel like that was the best decision I made because going into season two without any expectations was. Such a great idea. Although, uh, as far as the plot is concerned, I do have some stuff to say, uh, some opinions. But for the first season and uh, the second season, as far as the uh, chemistry is concerned, both actresses did a great job. And it was just, it was so weird because they copied each other's mannerism so well that you couldn't tell which person was actually acting. Or imitating the other, Naksu's uh, persona, uh, as portrayed by Jung So Min, was such a classic thing that every time she just went into that Naksu mode, you could tell, right? And then Go Yoon Jung just went and literally every time she would, you know, get into that sort of Naksu persona, you would just I, I felt goosebumps. Okay, I was like, oh my god, that as if she was Naksu was a real person. You know, and not just a character played by two different people. So that was great work of acting right there. And I'm I literally have to stop and give a special mention to Jo Jae Yoon, the guy who plays Jin Mu, because okay, here's the thing: all the dramas that I've seen this dude in, he has something to add to the show, obviously. But then. On top of everything, he just has this way of making you sort of, you know, either get really mad or just laugh your ass off. Like there's no in between. All the shows that he's played a villain on, you just want to, like, you know, gay word him basically. And then you're just like, what the hell? Like he is so good. He is such a great actor. And he played Jin Mu's character so well that by the end of second season, I was like, I'm gonna join a cult or form my own. I don't know, but I'm going after his ass. I don't care if he's not an actual character. I want Jin Mu deworded. So it was this was funny and sort of a little, you know, extreme. But that is how good his acting was. He really made you angry. Like every time he came on screen and every time he smirked, that little smirk he had, I just wanted to slap the shit out of him. And that's putting it politely, okay? You know, for me personally, I feel like a good story is the one that has a good villain, 
and a good villain with a good backstory. So not to justify why they're doing what they're doing, but for you to just have an idea of, you know, what led them to this point of no return. And I feel like Jinmu's story was not as sort of dramatic as you would expect, but it was still there, you know. In season one, the story sort of felt a little too chaotic. A lot of things were happening at the same time. Dangu and Choyeon uh, on one side, and then you had uh, Jangguk and Mudok having their own thing, and then there was Soyul, the whole triangle thing that they had going. Shinsengu has my entire heart. Loved every scene he was in, and more so in uh, uh, you know the season two. But season one was just him being petty. Um, but it really worked out. It was all the scenes they did together. The you know one where he visits Jangguk and they have this altercation uh, where he draws a sword. And then all of them, they try to appease him by trying to drink the dung water. It was so funny. I literally laughed my ass off for days. They just thinking about it. It was so much fun. So I felt I felt like there was a lot going on. But the minute that he realized that she was Naksu, you could tell that the story is gonna get to that one point. You know, you just knew that there was gonna come a point when they would be face to face and it would not be nice. It would just be some ugly sort of face off. And that's what happened, because the way the first season ended, if you watched it, you would know what happens. So Naksu kills Jangguk, right, in the first season. And that was literally unexpected. I mean, I think I was expecting it, but then at the same time, I was like, nah, they're not going to do that. They're not going to kill Jangguk off. And then the whole ice stone thing coming into play, that was really clever. Going through six episodes to, I think, 12, there is not much sort of happening in terms of the ice stone. And then all of a sudden, you know, to to the end of the season one, they start to bring up the ice stone again and again and again. And you're just like, okay, what the hell? Where is this going? And all of a sudden, they are st- sort of, you know, stuck in the ice stone itself. And then there comes a point when... Uh, Mudok realizes that she's gaining her powers while the mages are losing theirs so she's basically sucking the power out of them and then she's like oh so I either get all that power and kill Jangguk off but at this point I was like is she still Naksu the you know assassin or is she the master of Jangguk who has literally fallen in love so that was really uh, fun to watch you know, where she was in this dilemma and she had to choose. And at the end, she did choose Jangguk. So that really had my heart and soul crying. Honestly, their friendship, their master-student relationship was... They were more like a married couple. You know, the way they bickered, the way they were just like, you know, so chaotic and petty and just doing all sorts of things and being all over the place. I really enjoyed their chemistry. Mudok and Jangguk had this dynamic that was childish petty but also at the same time you know in times of need they were there for each other they protected each other and they prioritized each other because uh, when you think about their backstories you know that they'd been people who had been shunned by the society in one way or another and you know that they lacked uh sort of you know the the warmth and the security and the love that normal relationships provided growing up 
around them. So they were desperate for that sort of connection and they found it in each other. And it was just so beautiful to watch two people who've literally been, um, you know, sort of cornered into this little isolation bubble all their lives come together and find uh, peace with each other. They were peaceful around each other and it showed through their you know interactions and i just loved it you know the whole hand holding thing the the ring thing that they did at the end when he uh proposed to her it was just so beautiful and i have to say that you know the reason i'm single right now mama if you're listening it's because of these people okay it's because of these k-dramas and it's because of these really beautiful men and women just raising the bars too high raising the standards too high so yeah, have to put it out there. In second season, you know, when the trailer dropped, I remember they they had changed the visuals, they've changed the sort of theme. It was like Harry Potter all over again. They went from like these bright, uh, happy music sort of thing to this dark and, you know, black humbug sort of thing with him. And... I was sort of not ready for that change because Jungkook was such a, a bright character in the beginning. Like, not bright, but he was feisty. He was very loud and, you know, he was there. He was present and he was um, argumentative and sort of that character, right? But then in season two, you see him sort of isolate himself and then he becomes this uh, cold, stone-hearted sort of person who everybody's trying to give the wide berth and stuff like that. And... I was not ready. My heart ached for him because, um, you know, in the season finale for the for the big twist, they had uh, Naksu killing Jungkook, right? And then she flees the scene. So uh, the second season is basically three years later of that. And now everybody assumes that Naksu is dead. And Jungkook is heartbroken because obviously he thinks that uh, she died because of him or something like that so he is regretful he's heartbroken he's sad and now he is almost you know back to being shunned and isolated from society because he uh possesses the ice stone right and everybody's like so scared of him because he's definitely the uh, most powerful uh mage it was, it was like being back to square one for him and then he goes and meets Jin Boyeon and they're you know the similarities between the the first season and second season? The way they played that thing, like the 2.0 version of Jungkook and Naksu meeting, the whole sort of cliches that they went through. As a K-drama, uh, you know, fan, you would know that there are some things that you just cannot escape, okay? In K-drama land, all that hand-holding and then sort of having some sort of um, childhood connection or... You know, these are things that would come up, you know, no matter what, no matter what kind of show you're watching. So that whole thing was sort of funny. But at the same time, it was so heartwarming because the way they played it was cliche, but not at the same time. So basically, he met her randomly while she was trying to escape her her mother. And uh, and then she she's trying to run away from her home because she's being forced into a marriage that she basically has no idea about so she's out trying to find her groom to see if she really likes him if he's you know handsome enough and all that so they've shown a very materialistic sort of aspect to her persona 
but then uh, as you go along you realize that she's just lonely and she just has no contact with the outside world because she's been locked in this room for the past three years and now she's just desperate for some sort of connection so you know going back to that whole naksu thing where she went through the same thing so even though this jinbuyon this version of her has lost her memories and all that there is still some connections that jangook is supposed to be making you know like i told in the beginning of the you know episode that hong sisters have a way of making you want to connect the dots and going on this adventure to sort of you know strike up similarities and stuff like that so this was really fun to watch The premise of the second season was that Jangook is this extremely powerful person and you know he has so much power he's like he's angry he has like he's literally a minute away from unleashing that power and basically annihilating everybody around him but then he's so in control of that that control was sexy that uh, the way he would just like you know stand there and command power demand respect that was just so amazing to watch and then you know that made you want to provoke him <laughs> just so that you could watch him kill people i mean this sounds so weird when said out loud but you know what i mean right so when he finally goes off he's like i am done sitting down i'm i'm done tolerating these dumbass people and their dumbass shit that they've been doing and i'm done with jinmu of all people cuz this dude's been grating on his nerves since season 1 and he just kept getting away with it so i was so ready for that face off but also at the same time you never really got that you know i wanted him to I wanted him to die a slow painful death honestly speaking and um I still enjoyed the end that they gave him with the whole uh, Naksu thing, the the face off that he has with Junbuyon, but I would have wanted more. <laughs> Just simply killing him in the, you know, Firebird's fire was not enough for me. Just saying, you know. Um oh my god, nobody called police on me. I'm not a serial killer as I I'm assure you. It's just Junmu gets me so mad. So so mad that I just I lose sense of everything. I remember when the last episode of season 2 came out and before that my friend and I we were like so hyped and we were talking and we were trying to like theorize what was going to happen because they have so much to you know so much happens all at once in season 2 I felt like the pacing of season 2 was a little off because they waited to like episode 6 for them to even get to the actual point of the show like you know naksu and jangook they don't recognize each other and there's nothing you know said being said about it uh, throughout the first four to six episodes and then all of a sudden he's like oh she does shit that reminds me of naksu all the time 
and she says things out of nowhere that might sound like you know it's her but then maybe it isn't and then he's just doubting himself up and down and then all of a sudden he recognizes her you know and then all of a sudden jinmu is like doing this whole ritual thing and all of a sudden you know they have a whole um treason thing going on and there's just so much that happens in the last four episodes and mostly like the last two episodes so i was just kind of like you know thinking what and how they're going to bring this entire thing together because you have to also keep in mind that there was a whole season one before season two started so the backstories the the plot that extended beyond season two it had a lot of stuff that needed to be dealt with and um i think they they did a fair job i would say the ending was satisfactory i mean i expected so much more but then that just goes without saying when you are a k-drama fan and you've literally watched so many sagooks and so many other dramas with similar storylines you sort of naturally expect a lot of things to happen but uh given all of that i feel like this ending was nice okay it was fair and i'm happy at least that they did not kill off kim doju because i was ready to fight everybody the minute park jin he collapsed i was that gave me a heart attack okay i had to pause i literally had to pause put my shit down and just cry for a minute i literally had a whole crying jag and then i had to go back and i was like oh my god i watched that episode i remember i watched that episode like in parts because i couldn't take it all in at once i was so overwhelmed but thankfully all my favorite people got a good ending and dango and choyeon even had twins which was adorable they deserved that okay after going through all of that they literally deserved to have the cutest babies and you know for choyeon's mother to finally come around god this woman was so frustrating so frustrating but she played the character well and i really enjoyed the way they did a turnabout for her character overall i really enjoyed the show the hype the characters everything was so well deserved uh, the love that the cast is still getting and you know the storyline itself although you know i would have loved for go on to have his own little love story because the whole uh, kobuki thing the the turtle thing was just so adorable i was like i need to protect this man okay this man needs to be protected at all costs he was adorable in season 2 and um i loved how at the end he did become king and rightfully so he deserved to be because this man has all my heart <laughs> if i haven't said that before cuz i feel like i just keep raving about shinsungo at every chance that i get but yeah these men did a great job and the ladies were beautiful and they did such a deepak job at their characters at what they were playing okay so as far as the osts are concerned i loved all of them obviously music is definitely something that takes a scene from being good to being the best when given the appropriate background music and what not so i feel like i really enjoyed the show because of the osts as well my favorite would definitely be blue flower by lia 
uh, from Itzy. And it's just such a beautiful song. It just sort of encompasses um, everything in in this in the story, and it's just beautiful. Okay, the longing, the sincerity, it captured it so beautifully, and I still listen to it almost every day. One of the worst things to do as a K-drama fan is to watch shows on air because you have to wait a whole damn week for two episodes to air and for an impatient person like me it's torture so but then i i was like i voluntarily signed up for this torture because i had no choice because after season one i was dying for season two so when it started airing i kept seeing it everywhere and i was like i don't want spoilers so in order to avoid the spoilers you had to keep on top you had to be updated so I watched it as it aired and um, my sister didn't watch it like that. So I <laughs> went back and watched it with her again. And I think I still haven't had my fill of Hwan Hoon's, as they call it in Korean. So I'm probably going to go back and Tashi Pulkeo. Nomu Chuaso Tashi Pulkeo. I initially planned this uh, review sort of thing to be um, like at most 15 minutes, 16 minutes. But I feel like it has exceeded the time limit that I set for myself. But that just goes to show that I can talk about this show for hours and hours. And I haven't even touched onto the more finer plot points or, you know, Songrim and all of that other stuff going on. The sort of the world that they built you know, with the show, it was definitely something to look closely at because it reminded me of, you know, the Harry Potter world, sort of. Obviously, with the magic aspect of it, but also the the maid schools and, and the other houses. Oh, I almost forgot to mention Master Lee because this dude is hilarious, okay? This dude has played other... Uh, comedic relief characters in their shows and I think at, from the top of my head I remember him in Vincenzo uh, quite recently that he did so <laughs> he has a way with you know saying the most funny things with a straight face at the end of season one when Kim Doju and Park Jin finally realize that they love each other and they sort of have this moment and Master Lee sort of you know sees them together he goes off to sit on that shore fishing and then he cries it was funny it was adorable and i feel like a lot of the characters have become so uh, endearing over time watching them in the show that you just sort of get this feeling that you want to protect them oh my god it feels like i've been talking for hours at this point <laughs> my cheeks hurt from laughing and smiling just talking about this show so Right, so with that, I guess this episode comes to an end. And if you've stuck by so far, thank you so much for listening in and um, bearing with my excited chatter. Anyways, thank you so much for tuning in and I'll be coming back for another episode for you to listen to probably next Friday. So stay tuned and have a good night, day, evening, whatever you're doing. Uh, I hope you stay safe. Allah Hafiz. Bye-bye.